it's Monday, you know what that means. And this is part two of our podcast, which we thought we should just separate and just properly dedicate it to the memory of Brody Lee or John Huber, shall we say. And um, yeah, I'm going to anticipate this one might get a bit emotional, to be honest. So yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't think it was necessarily right to just mix it in. We was <laughs> talking about the mentalness that was New Japan <laughs> and Wrestle Kingdom. I mean, there's no little nightmare. We can't have fun with it because no. being dribble and, and gaudy, I don't, you know, for a man who, after he unfortunately passed away, the only stories that came out were just about how funny and sarcastic and dry he was. And yeah, um, I, I don't, there's no reason why we can't laugh. No, about I, I plan to. You know what I mean? It's... I plan to. So we, we are, yeah. I, I mentioned it in part one, we are going to be looking back at one particular match, but obviously we'll talk about other stuff as well. But uh, the the Wyatt versus Shield match, and then we'll we'll just talk. Because you know what? I think in the, in this world, in this day and age as well, you know what? Sometimes a lot of shit happens, and it's it's just good to talk. I know the day that the news broke, I think I think I woke up to it, and I, I had messages from my mate Paul, and in our WhatsApp group, Butcher was on. And then you woke up, John. You're like, "What's going on?" And there was a lot of messages that went on. I was like, "Joe's like not awake yet. He's gonna wake up to this." And I was like, "Waiting for it." I didn't believe you. Yeah. No, you Almost didn't. like it didn't sound right. I had to. I, I saw the messages and had to kind of go check websites what? myself just to be like, "What are you? What? No." I I hadn't opened the mess. I, unsociable but like, i woke up and i was like oh, i've got whatsapp messages i'm not i'm not ready to talk to people yet so i just went on <laughs> i just went on um twitter to check because i play fantasy football to check what the price rises were but as i went on it was like Brody lee's died i was like what uh, no i've not read that one right and i was like yeah it's all about his fantasy football and then no no but then yeah that that came up and then i was like N- i'm gonna guess what these messages are now and then i went in and um i knew he'd been written out for a while but i assumed his injury because that's why they know yes. isn't it? Turns out he's some sort of lung infection and unfortunately dies at 41, which is no fucking age, really, is it? No. Nope. <sighs> Not at all. Look, let's look Let's look back at that match that Butcher told us to pop back into and then we'll uh, discuss. In We kind of dodged it in the last part for a reason because of this about the AW tribute show, but the Shield versus the Wyatt family. Elimination Chamber 2014. I have... Um, have you both gone back and watched this? I, I, I don't remember ever having watched this. I, I watched it this um, week. This is the first time I've seen it too. I wasn't watching wrestling at this point. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the match, John, then, when you, when you watched oh, it? It was nuts. You got, <laughs> it was completely nuts. You got like a uh, bit of everything, really. I mean, you got Rowan and Harper just with massive, massive power moves and the shield at their peak being crazy and Table with tables, there's stuff on the outside. Dean Ambrose disappears somewhere and doesn't come back. We'll come to that. Yeah, we'll come back to that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, the whole, um, this whole era of um, WWE is a mystery because I'm not sure where I was. I never really am. But <laughs> this, having watched this, I've gone back and watched build ups to it and the fallouts from it and stuff. And this is, yeah, it is one of those great. It's been a long while coming. Mm-hmm. Payoff matches, and it doesn't disappoint. It's it, it's a fucking rip roarer of a match. I need to a good catchphrase. Yeah, and but, it, it feels like that as well because I have no context for what was happening. I mean, even but, 
when I like, watched but, it, yeah, I had no yeah. But it felt like it was the the top you know, the, the big blow off the end of uh, some sort of massive feud. It, it was really well done. But just the, the walking down and the staring. Mm. Which I think they've done previously at a raw. I think. When... You well, if you remember the the pop pod, <laughs> Butcher said it's not one that will go down in history. But he was there in Manchester when was it CM Punk and Brian were in a match against some of the shield and but then the Wyatt's came out and they had a stir down and the crowd was going mental and that yeah. was in Manchester and they had, yeah they'd had a few but and it's it's how you can do so much with so little but he also has those big mad big starey eyes doesn't he that yeah it, it's good like when he's staring at you he's staring into your fucking soul like it's, yeah but, <laughs> and like yeah you've got the shield who are all in tack vests and like not and again, it's like I don't. But after what's happened this week in like America, I don't want to see another fucking guy in attack, a, a non-military guy in attack vest ever <laughs> again. To be honest, yeah, this was seven years ago. I didn't know what was. Going I know, on. I, no, 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 you can't predict these things, can you? I didn't know they made them in such big sizes. To be honest, did you not see what the shield debuted in? Um, oh Christ, I dread to think. <laughs> With the full here we here's my here's my question. <laughs> <laughs> Question, 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 question. What kind of bear is best? <laughs> well, I've already asked it, but when the Shield debuted at, I believe, Survivor Series, what were they wearing? Right, so they went into Top Gear. I don't know. See, I don't know anything about this um, at all. This is this is this beyond the sort of core era. But they went into like sort of sort of military style tact. I'm gonna guess no, wait, wait, no, big boss fan was a cop, but they can't do that. Do you know, John? I have no idea. Okay, because you're not helping in my mind thinking. <laughs> you're sitting there staring at me, going, "Say something," because I've got notes. Absolutely um, no idea. Um, it's it's got to be something military-ish, hasn't it? Or paramilitary based. Wrapped on the Confederate flag. No, no, that's for um, fucking what's his name? Um, Elias isn't fucking friend, is he? Oh God, Jackson Riker. Okay. Is he? Bit? I was making a joke in poor taste, but is that actually like a thing? I've missed this. No, I've just, uh, <laughs> I, I just sent it. I've just sent it to you in the chat. They were effectively uh... wearing like not quite something oh. between a t-shirt and a polo neck. That's, that's a look. They look like more security <laughs> guards in Britain. That's that's definitely. A I look. think they all like. I think they they had these weird polo nets for it. <laughs> it didn't last long. They they were like, we can't keep wearing these, and then they then they came out in the shield gear, and yeah, they did they did that for a couple of nights. They don't look threatening at all. No, they look, they look like they're gonna. They're gonna I mean, down the street against some wind. Some, some, someone on on a, on my wedding day. Uh, one of my friends from school showed up at the uh, what what do you call it? <laughs> what do you call the bit after? I don't know. Reception. No reception. I, I was I was gonna say the bit after a funeral. Which is, no, uh, well, the yeah. I mean, in a way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was gonna say. <laughs> and uh, someone showed up and he was wearing a polo neck. Um, and my wife, he, he, my, Bernie, my wife, you, you'll know, she's quite blunt. She'd never met this guy. Yeah. And he was like, oh, congratulations. And she just went, why the fuck are you wearing a polo neck to my wedding? <laughs> you win the shield. I was like, yeah, why are the shield wearing a polo neck? But yeah, there's my question for the week. Uh, well, no, it's good. I didn't know that. Yeah, I assume it came out as a fully formed concept. Because nope. 
Well, no, obviously not. Back, back to the net. It was, it was carnage. It was a. Oh, it was great. Like I said, it... I, the Wyatts looked strong as well. Like I, I came yeah. into WWE at a time when, when Bray and the Wyatt family were starting to become a joke, and I didn't understand why so many people were upset about that. But when you look at this and you see the fact they beat the Shield, when you know what the Shield went on to become. Absolutely, I was the same. The little bit I've seen of them, I thought, who are these? Jokers, they just—they were booked so badly. Why that, uh, why to see that, this match was a real eye opener. Yeah, why has that guy got a sheet mask? What's happened? The, the, the shield perfected what a six-man tag is. Right. If you if you watch the matches, like it's the formula was bang on. But this match was special because you also had another team who were naturally a three, who could go toe to toe with them with it. It wasn't like they, they had some classic matches with um, Evolution, yeah, with Evolution before Seth turned on them. But the Wyatts were huge. The Wyatts, like the, the crowd, were behind them, and then you had the Shield who the crowd were bought into. So this was talents of that generation. It wasn't oh, we're bringing back Evolution to kind of legitimize them and and all that. It was two new stables who could go at it. So it was special in that sense, yes, Joe. The match itself, great. Like I said, there's um. It ends up basically, doesn't it? Um, doesn't Rowan take Ambrose out into the crowd? I think it's Wyatt. It Wyatt, what, takes, Wyatt. Wyatt takes him out into the crowd, uh, and then Ambrose disappears. Yep. Wyatt comes back, and it turns out this was the start of the beginning of the end of the beginning of the Shield. If that makes sense, this was the start yep. of the breakup that they then reform and then come back. Yeah, because if you watch the promo package, there's a bit about them like, oh, they've cost us a, a shot at the, the Rumble or title or something. And they have a bit of an argument, Dean and Roman, about who would win. And they're both there. We'd win and Seth's having to step in and be like, guys, come on. So when you said that the other day, I was like, oh, okay. Yes. That's good to know. It's assumed that Wyatt beats him so much that he either gives up and walks away or he just remains unconscious or whatever. Uh, And then they put Seth through a table. Double choke slam. Seth sets the table up for the... um, Well, Seth's setting the table up for the, uh, the shield bomb, shield power bomb. And that's when, so they're on top, and that's when Ambrose gets taken out, and then Seth's one versus two, and he gets he gets double choke slam from Rowan and Harper through the table, and then yeah, and then it's just Roman versus. Imagine that though, two big host lads against yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good, and then yeah, then <laughs> Roman left. But then it was that bit of them turning the tables on Roman with them approach on three sides sort of thing. Yeah. I thought it was a really nice um, little turnabout's fair play sort of thing. I watch, not religious, I watch sometimes UFC and I remember waking up and I was like, someone had won by a Superman punch. I was like, what? I remember seeing that clip. <laughs> I watch it. I was like, because oh, a Superman punch is literally both your feet are off the ground when you strike. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, that's the definition of it. And I was like, okay, that's a Superman punch. <laughs> when I watched it. Oh, no, he knocks him straight out, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, Roman fights back, and then I, I, I was genuinely, sh- I was genuinely shocked when Bray, I think it was, pinned him. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, "What? They've they've lost." <laughs> I thought Roman was going to beast up and knock them all down against all three. It, it was going that way for a minute, but um, he he knocks Bray down, doesn't he? I think with the Superman punch, he does a few. He does. He sets, yeah. he sets up for the spear, and then Rowan runs in. Is it Rowan or is it Harper? Yeah. Who runs in. I, I want to say Harper, doing. actually. I want to say Harper, actually. I might be wrong. I want to say Harper. Spear for his, his, his leader. Because his, his... he fights out of the... Um, he's about to get Sister Abigail 
And when yeah. he gets the kiss on the head, he fights out and Samoan drops him. Yeah. And then he's ready to hit the spear. And he, I think, I'm sure it's Harper takes it. And then he Superman punches Rowan. And then he in them was game build up on him and he loses. But I think like going back to, to Harper, to John Hoover, it's like it's easy to forget any match you watch of him. He's ridiculously agile. Yeah, for a big lad. Yes. Yeah. A man that can make a discus lariat look like a legitimate threat. Nice. That's very true. It looked wanky otherwise. I've seen other people do it and it's like there's no power behind it. And and whether it's him or it's people that he's working with selling it, but the one against uh, Cody where he wins the Inter Championship where he fucking turns inside out <laughs> looks like, yeah, it's like he's funny to turn all his round. That match is, it's, I'm, I'm thinking, do I go back and start from the WWE that I missed and just watch and catch up? I know there's good stuff in there. I know there stuff that I've missed. And like, do I just do the pay-per-views? Because like, I, I did that. So when I got the network, when I started watching again in 2015 or whatever, and I'd stopped watching in like 2003, I literally, I went back, like not even to what I'd missed. I went back to what I remembered. I went back to The Rock. And I went, right, when did The Rock, because <laughs> he was my big guy, when did The Rock first win the WWE title? And then I watched every pay-per-view from then on. I might do that. But oh. I just did pay-per-views because... I think what I've learned now, you can probably get away with WWE watching the pay-per-views because the video, you can say what you want about them, but the video packages are amazing. Yeah, Yeah, so you you can watch them. The only time when I then started to diverge and go, I need to start actually looking at some of the Raws was when Punk was doing his stuff, but um, and The Shield, and then obviously by proxy, The Wyatt. So yeah, no, I'd I'd go back because they were presented... The Wyatts and Harper and all that, they were presented very strongly. Very strongly. It was a formidable stable. It was, you've got two it was gold. big, big hoss lads and Bray Wyatt, who isn't small either. But I said, having never seen this match before, I was genuinely impressed by it. Yeah. Just by the sheer sort of balls out nonsense that they were doing. <laughs> well, they fought for about two minutes before the match even started. It was. The genuine bit that I was like, fucking hell, was just them, them walking up to the ring and then both standing up either side of it and walking in, walking in. And I'm like, normally this would be sending into just a brawl because that's how it normally goes, isn't it? Just them just go at it and do the weird stampy hand punch thing. But it was just a staring and it was just like, it's like the lack and also amount of respect simultaneously. So what happened to the Wyatts? Do you know, Ellis? Because like, I, I had a real feeling that they were a bit of a joke from what I'd seen and this is not that, like this is just amazing stuff so do you know why they fell from grace so much? Not, not fully, again like I said I, I was just watching the paper, I, when I rewatched, I watched the pay-per-views from this time but this was what, 2014 this match was so, yeah. Now Elimination Chamber is normally about February so I started watching 2015 and then on that Wrestlemania Bray Wyatt wrestled Undertaker I want to say and and he lost as you do when you fight the Undertaker and when I started watching from then on to me the Wyatts were a cool faction like I I bought into them because I could tell there was talent but they kind of became this kind of kidnapping of people like they had a whole thing with Kane and Undertaker and they 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 kidnapped one of them and it, it was all very, very hokey, but the payoff was always that they lose. So uh, that, that, that's what I came in to watching. Like they, they, they did all this cool stuff. They, they torture, tortured you, terrorized you, but then they lost. Um, Cause Paul will never forgive me. 
<laughs> because <laughs> we were going to buy tickets to a Raw in Manchester. Uh, it would have been the first one we went to. And at that time, the Wyatts were feuding with Kane and Undertaker. And the tickets were coming on sale on like a Saturday in August, shall we say. And two days before, I went out, got blind drunk at my friend's house. And Bernie woke up and I was like knocking on the front door and I'd lost the car keys. I, I had a white paint mat down my face because <laughs> I'd fallen asleep <laughs> on a goal line on a pitch. And she was like, <laughs> you're not going to that. You're not buying them tickets for that now because you've got to pay for and And the car tires then got punctured. So she was like, you're not going. Then the raw came about and the Undertaker appeared, right? Like oh. the Undertaker appearing in the UK was very, yeah. very rare about this point. And Paul was like, you bastard. Like We could have seen <laughs> the Undertaker in Manchester and he was feuding with the Wyatts at the time. But that's what they had become. Now, going back to the Elimination Chamber 2014, I may be wrong. If any listeners tell me I'm wrong, I'll, I'll bow down to them. I'm pretty sure two months after that is when Wyatt fought Cena. Oh, and that's referenced in the Firefly Funhouse. Which is what's referenced in that. And that, from what I hear, that was the match that then just Stop. led him and therefore the Wyatt family on a on a downward path. Nail in the coffin. Which is yeah, which is sad when you when you see this match, the Elimination Chamber match, and you see what they were, yeah, what they could be. Yeah, it was a great thing. Absolutely. There was nothing really gimmicky about it. Like it was just a load of good old boys from the swamp. It it, it they were just fucking all beasts. Because he kind of became, when, again, when I was watching it, he, Bray kind of became this kind of supernatural kind of cult leader. And that's not what not it, what he is. He's not some magical, I know Fiend now is a different thing, but the Wyatt family was, as you say, these guys in the swamp, and he, he had these followers. And, and I that think was the it. cult leader thing was always there, but it was never supernatural. It was just like a sort of Charles Manson-y sort of yeah. cult leader. You know what I mean? It was, it was he, he lured them into his compound. And now they couldn't leave, sort of thing, is how it works. Also, not enough people throw lightning around like The Undertaker used to do. <laughs> That's true. That's true. More, more lightning. More lightning. Dan Housen has, has petitioned for the ability to throw lightning. Um, <laughs> is he throwing lightning from the blimp or <laughs> we do love our Dan human Housen. money? Well, yeah, but yeah, definitely go away and, and watch that match. Uh, if you you watch already. Other, other white only matches and um, John Huber matches. Well, yeah, well, we're gonna stuff now. It's just apparently he was in John Huber. Is it Chikara? Yes. Yeah, stuff that Butcher put me onto, which is just ludicrous nonsense. <laughs> it's just good, it's good, it's, it's my level of wrestling. It's good, silly wrestling. There's oh, fake, good fun. fake grenades and like, yeah, all sorts of good stuff. But again, in that, he just looks like he's having a whale of a time. Yeah, I don't know because did he leave WWE on good terms? He asked for the release, didn't he? Did he ask for his release? I don't. Then, I didn't read into that side of it because it makes me mad. I think we asked. He asked for his release in response. They added six months to his contract due to injury. Oh, the but, Hardy clause. Yeah. Yeah, but did they <laughs> did they release him a bit early in the end? Yeah, like a month or so. I'm not. I'm not sure. Yeah, he left early, and then obviously he went. He he went over to to AEW and that because that's really all only where I knew him from was. When he appeared, well, there was the whole campaign, wasn't there? Of who is the exalted one? And yeah. Me and you, Alice, sending each other messages where we highlighted bits of darkness and increased the contrast. Of, and there were words <laughs> there, and it was some really good marketing. It was really, was it the, the vulture circles the tree and all this? Stuff. <laughs> and 
And it was, um, and you were like, oh, it's it's Luke Harper. It's going to be Luke Harper. And I was like, no, it's going to be Matt Hardy. It's got to be Matt Hardy. He's releasing the, there's videos of him in a chair up a tree and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> just Matt Hardy on a Saturday. So yeah. Like, there you go. I've got his uh, his his statement. So he he had requested uh, t- t- to leave, as you said, John. Uh, they added time on because of his injury. But then eight months later, he had a he was kept off TV, and then he had, he had a little brief stint back on. But then he went off. But th- this was his statement as as of leaving. He said, as of this evening, I've requested a release from WWE. Past six years have been a simply amazing journey around the world and back with lifelong friends and family. I am proud of it all and proud to say I shared the ring with my co-workers. This decision, as difficult as it was, feels right for myself in WWE. And my goal in the future is to continue to grow as a performer, a person, and continue to make my family proud. But that statement in itself, now. Sums it up, doesn't it? Sums yeah. it up. And it, there was there wasn't bitterness. No, no. Thank you for the opportunity, isn't it? There wasn't bitterness, and I, I would I would like to say like like we're, we're just gonna talk him now and our memories, and we'll we'll talk about the AEW tribute show. I just want to flag well a couple of things really, uh, mainly around his wife, like the grief that she is going through. Like we we talked about the good corner of the internet we found there's just there's no place for some of the things that she has been made to go through whether that's lying about how he died whether that's people making fake accounts of her son yeah just just screw you um you know they're they're the serious ones but the the one i liked from her the box of wine mate don't fucking wind me up no no i'm moving on from that i'm I'm just i'm just putting out there but the one the the one i want and I saw it, I was furious because I was like, that's never him. She would never allow her son to be yeah, I... fucking Twitter, especially now. Yeah, I felt that. After what's his name was like, we need to see the medical reports because it's COVID. I'm like, just fucking, what business is it of yours? Yeah, man's died, just let him be. Let him grieve, isn't it? Her husband's died. Her father's just died. Let him be. Like, yeah. yeah. But I don't the want. For a second, the AW was covering up some sort of massive COVID fucking scam. I think shitty things happen, unfortunately. They do. You don't, just because someone's in the public eye doesn't mean say you deserve a fucking explanation for everything that they do. No, Sorry. I agree. It makes me angry. It really well, does. <laughs> one, of the, one of the other posts that she put out recently, I think uh, you may have retweeted it on our account, Joe, Joe John Silver put it and just saying exactly this where she basically tweeted out and i want to put this out here now because you mentioned before what do we call him wwe there's no company allegiances on this anyone who's trying to make oh this is wwe versus aw or whatever absolute nonsense and she put out a post the other day of there's a picture of biggie and she was just saying there is no company in this they were all his family and when i've just read that statement out about him leaving he said i've made lifelong family friends and when you saw what happened tribute wise afterwards from the wrestlers and someone like biggie especially who i think his wife actually quoted amanda she's called amanda said he is a very very close family friend now from what happened so it it infuriated me when like i, I know we watch raw and people are oh, they're fucked off they've not done a tribute video but i think they were just letting aw do it because that's where he works yep they did they put, and, and, they, uh... they put one out after dynamite and i was like people were just using it to jump on i was like this was a man has died yeah, no, no people I'm, across the world respect a husband, a father. Yeah, yeah. Stop trying to fucking score points about wrestling. It's the most lame thing in the world to try and fucking score points over. It really, <laughs> <Exactly>. is. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fucking soundbite. I'll isolate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
to it. But I just wanted I just wanted to pull out there at the start of this because what she went through and what what she said in that was 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 massively was massively true. I mean, I, when I watched the WWE tribute video, it'd been an emotional day. Like I'd watched Dynamite, and we'll come on to that. I didn't think I would end up crying because of Jason fucking Jordan. Like, I don't know if you've watched that video. Have, you seen, yeah. And he's like, oh yeah, he's the first person that held my child other than my mum, uh, other than the mother of the child. And I was just like, no. I'm done. So <laughs> what you could tell, I, I have never, I don't know about you. like It was a tough I, week. I, I have never, when somebody dies, I, I remember Butcher saying in, in, the, in the WhatsApp conversation, and I agreed with him, like normally he said celebrity deaths don't get him, but this is hurt. Like when I woke up, like I was re- I was knackered. I was like ready to go back to sleep, and then I just spent two hours scrolling the internet, and I was crying. I was, yep. I was yep. tears yep. in bed, and it hit me hard. But normally, when someone dies, you see outpourings of emotion for a day. We saw it for a week. We saw it. We're, We're still, still seeing it. Now. Yep. yep. I have still never on. seen that outpouring for one person. I said, um, like I only really knew him at the time from his work in AEW, but seeing how it hit other people hit me very different very hard as well that, that's why so, i was crying I, I i was shocked when i heard the news yeah. but then i started reading and i was like yeah. other people's sadness yeah but then the really nice bit about that was that other people's sadness turned into that let's remember the fun stories we have of him uh and it's a lot of them yep and <laughs> that was the really nice thing about it is that I mean, what was the thing? He's like, he'd always, always leave the locker room with um, goodbye forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's no stay fresh cheese bag. Uh, <laughs> I think, I think it was Big Biggie. Did you see why? I'm sure Biggie said why he said that. Did you see the reason he said yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, because yeah, yeah, because yeah, he wanted yeah. it to be forever. Because that's how long you wanted to spend with his kids. That's the that's the thing yeah. that Javon says as well is that he would talk about his kids constantly and his wife and just how much he loved her and. I guess, um, I can't remember who it was who said it, but it's like in an industry where people become obsessed with their own ego and their own thing, to have a man that's that down to earth is is rare. And to have a man that cared that much about what he did. Cody said that when he, I think when when he won the TNT Championship off, is that when he won it back or when Brody won it off him, I can't remember which one, he, Brody gave him a, a bottle of whiskey, but he said, he knew we'd never get to share it with him because as soon as he was able, he'd be out the door back to his family. They all said that. All, <laughs> yeah. the, all the AEW wrestlers were like, sometimes we have to stay late to do dark and stuff. And as soon as Brody could go home, he would go home. <laughs> yeah, He was like straight out the door, bags packed out because he wanted to spend time with his wife and kids. He loved them. That, and it feels weird us sitting here discussing a man we don't know. I've just realised that now, but it's that thing of, it's like when, I don't know, for me, it has a similar thing to be like when Rick Mail died. I'm a huge Rick Mail, yeah. in case you can't tell. I'm a huge Rick Mail fan, and um, I've based a lot of my life around his teachings. But it's like no one really had anything bad to say about him. He was just a nice guy. And it's odd that Brody Lee's dead, and yet Val Venus is still alive. <laughs> Thank you for the levity, Joe. I was tearing yeah. up then. <laughs> the I tone. Fucking do it, man. Otherwise, I'm gonna fucking break down again. <laughs> my um, my partner Ashley, she doesn't really watch wrestling. Like she watches it a bit when I watch it. Every now and then, I'll be like, "This match is amazing. You should watch it." She said she feels sad about his death just from what he's she's seen on Twitter yeah. and like. And to me, that's uh, that's amazing. It can transcend. transcend. Yeah. 
and that's that's a good thing. Um, well, so, somebody at work, like the deputy head at work, who I'm, I'm good friends with, and he always takes the mic out. I mean, I've mentioned it before. He's like, he's the one I've said to. Well, you watch soap operas, it's the same thing. And does he listen? He even. Um, <laughs> He, he, I was talking to him a couple of days later, and he even said to me, "Oh, uh, uh, it's a wrestler's died, hasn't he?" And that, he was like really serious about it. And I was like, "Yeah." And then I was talking to him, and he's like, "I, I was really sad." Over and said, "I heard that someone died." And I was like, yeah, and I was like, "And this is real life." That's <laughs> like yeah. this is you forget they're real people because they all they all talk like they all. When I say they all, it, it it's not company. It's, it's the people he knew. They they all talk about the, really the, nice the monster. The monster you saw on TV is not the person he was. And <laughs> no, no, it never not, is, is it? That's the thing. no, no not that I would. The, the the I remember the moment I realized that, and it's not necessarily a podcast I'll listen to often. But the talk is Jericho Pod. He did one with with him. <laughs> just after yes. he came and i remember listening to it because so i'd listened to the motley one when he just like sh- shat all over wwe and i was like oh let's see what he says and i was like who's this guy like he doesn't talk like i thought he would he's like really eloquent he's very mm. softly spoken and i was like, god yeah no he isn't this monstrous person that he's perceived and i, I even i know it's fake Oh, it's not real. No, I won't say fake. It's not the right word. But yeah, it, it surprised me listening to him speak on that podcast because he also wasn't bitter. He, he talked about his yeah. frustrations, but he talked about his gratitude. And I was like, God, oh. I remember listening to that and going, oh, what a guy this guy is. Yeah, he's he's a good guy. He put a roof over his wife and kid's head, allowed him to see the world and his wife and family to see as well. I think I think John Mo- Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, has legitimate issues with being misused. Uh, the well, send the putting things up his ass. And... He he had a great little run um, as an Intercontinental title holder, which yeah. like was a um, bit of a dream for him, which was but, great. But Harper never never really got that. Well, no. I, what in terms of issues, like one of the biggest sadness was that Orton had a little brief spell when he was part of the Wyatt family. Yeah, and it was great little storytelling where Bray was hoodwinked by him, but Luke Harper wasn't. Like that, you could. It was all the, imagine, like with the the inner circle now with the Wardlow and, and yeah. that in the background. It was it was like that, yeah. and there was a lot of like Harper telling White, "No, this isn't. He, he's not for real." And there was huge calls because I think Wyatt was the yeah Wyatt was a WWE champion, and he fought Orton at WrestleMania in an absolute shit show of a match. But the fans wanted it to be a triple threat. The fans wanted it to be Luke Harper versus Bray versus Randy because of the work he was doing in that story. And it was fantastic storytelling, but he didn't get that opportunity. Subtle, subtly good stuff. Can we go into the thingy? The tribute show. Uh, I'm going to say the being the elite tribute yeah. first. Oh, oh, God. Yeah. Because, uh, I mean, that was that was painful, but also it genuinely made me laugh at several times as well. I was cry laughing. I'd forgot. Yeah, I was cry laughing. To be fair, that's that, <laughs> that's how I want to die. Uh, <laughs> um, it's the, the 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 two emotions I have the most attachment to is crying, <laughs> laughing. It was just nice. I forgot all the nice BTE bits that um he did, and they were very funny. They were so funny. Uh, were, yeah, and then when they're all going like, "Oh yeah, he would never break character," uh, and he would just stand and scream and. Great. Unless he was behind the camera. Then yeah, behind the camera, and then he'd be like, yeah. But when they shoved the bit where Sue comes in. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And she throws the papers and they miss, and he goes, 
Pick him up and throw him again. Pick it up. <laughs> it's like just retake it. Like you can just retake the shot. It's fine. You've got no, nothing it... else to do all day. I'm guessing. Well, it was better this way. It was better this way because that's what adds to, and that's that's like I think that is the lasting legacy of, and um, I think he legitimized Dark Order as a as this weird half heel half face faction. Yeah. Um, they've left in this really ambiguous spot. The whole tribute being the elite thing is great because um, Stu Grayson and John Silver, I think they all have a bit to say, don't they, in it? Uh, and it's just really nice. And it's like people who only knew him for a very short period. I mean, others knew him on the Indies stuff. Yeah. So they had a, a bigger, more stories to tell about him. But like the, the, the John Silver stuff, it's just, it's just little tiny replica of his <laughs> ring gear. To wear for a bit. It never even happened. He gave uh, he gave Preston Vance his coat because uh, it would look better on you. And it's just all these little things. And it's that, I don't want to say it's like an AEW thing because I don't think it's adding a lot of other things yeah. to it. And I don't really know that much about it. But it's that thing of it's not about you taking someone else's spot. It's about you making other people look good, building each other up. And I think that when when you watch the AEW tribute show, that really shows because fucking hell, I was in tears pretty much constantly throughout the entire thing. It was just hardcore Joseph Waterworks. <laughs> I, I found that because a lot of the matches were tag matches, you know, there's two people in the ring and two there's a lot, of, a lot of dark order to get through, mate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but sometimes the camera would see someone on the apron who didn't quite have their game face on at that moment and you could see how much it was affecting them yeah. it was and every time that happened i was like blowing up which i must i must also say like tribute to them i think it was when i can't remember it because they all mixed up didn't they colt cabana's match like he he looked broken when he was coming down he did. and i remember actually thinking as he came down it it's not like a normal job like, where you can be upset and you can come down like and you just go about your job because your job you are basically in charge of someone's life. Yeah. Yep. So they, they were coming down emotional. And I remember looking at Colt Cabana and going, you know, if he was so emotional, he was distracted, you could seriously hurt somebody. And that, that's the thing about wrestling. Like, that's the beauty of wrestling. How talented they are is that they are literally saving each other. And I think, was it Ali? There was a video of oh, Roy Rumble. Fucking saves him from being yes. paralyzed. He it's, nearly um, breaks his own leg to save Ali's neck. Yeah. It's WrestleMania. Right. It's um, oh, Battle, Royale. Battle Royale, and I think, I think the vague story is that Braun is supposed to kick him out when, but he forgets all the spots. So <laughs> if you look okay, like like him as Harper, he's like suplexing Ali, and he's holding him there for ages, and it it doesn't come. And I think there's, a, there's another. I've seen a video where he's like shouting at Braun to like come over and do the spot quickly, yeah. but he finally does. But they're not set now because they've had to wait so long, and then. He kind of hold, rather than letting go, he holds his head all the way down. Yeah. But straightens him. his leg out. Sorry? But he also straightens his leg out to break the fall. Like, yes. But he lands in a way he could break his own leg to yeah, protect Dali's he... neck. Um, but, but, but just going back to the tribute show, it's like to be, I can't even imagine the emotion they felt on that night. But then to go out and wrestle and trust each other to know we're all feeling shit, but we, you're all safe. We go out and do it for him. We go out and we put the best show on we've ever done. I mean, the, 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 I mean, how much as Chris Jericho? Uh, he did say, if you want to cry, it's okay to cry, damn it. Yep. Yeah, he did. I mean, it is. It's like, 
And that was the really sort of thing I took away from the entire thing was that all these big, mostly buff dudes who get hit with chairs and shit were fucking weeping because their mate had died. Yeah, well, he said it when we did the, the Eddie pod, and I said about the Hall of Fame induction yeah. when Charvo said he was crying once to Eddie, and Eddie was, he was like, I'm sorry, Eddie, I shouldn't be crying. He's like, You cry, men can cry. And yeah, that Jericho quote there on that commentary, it, it came through. There was, there was a few bits that got me like, I had, I think Butcher had watched it first. I think Butcher had tweeted out from the account the fact that he was watching it with his his little kid Rowan, <laughs> not named <laughs> not named after Rowan, um, and he he said he like he just held him a little closer. And it was New Year's Eve for, for us when we were watching it in the UK, and Theodore was watching it. And Theodore understood that Rody Lee had died, my son, um, and he turned six like two days before, and. I was like holding him during the 10 bell salute and I could feel myself going then. And I was like, cause I was explaining to him what this was like, what, what is the 10 bell salute? And I was like, that, that started to get me skipping towards the end of the day. I don't know if you saw it when I put it up, I thought I'd got through the day and I thought, okay, I've dealt with dynamite. I've dealt with the WWE tribute and all the internet tribute new year's Eve. Let's open the champagne. I was like, right, here we go. Then my wife was like, what's that noise coming from Theodore's room? She's like, it sounds like he's dinging. I was like, what? And I went up and he just had his wrestlers hugging each other. I was like, what are you doing? He went, they're all sad, Bill Lee's died and we're doing the 10 bell salute for him. And I was like, yeah, uh, no, I'm out. I'm out. I was having a good evening up to that point, Ellis. And then you ruined that. But but it. it, With your child and his emotions. (laughs) I know. But watching that show with him felt like a massive bonding moment and it was oh, and for him to have done that what 10 10 hours later and even now he still talks about it he says when, when he says when when the aw game comes out he wants to play Brody lee first aw you've said that he has a contract uh he wants it when he's, he was on dark wasn't he he was yeah he called um, marco stunt out yeah yes fucking was pretty good as well i will say yeah that was near my highlight of the week. I mean, it was it was pretty it was pretty good. I wish you did. It was come on, you could have let him at least fucking drop kick him somewhere. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he's had all that stuff over the over over that weekend of uh, like him wrestling at them, fucking discus Larry and Adam Cole uh, before Chris Jericho tries <laughs> to stop this because it's getting too rowdy. Well, I think I think I when I finished watching it and I, I think I tweeted out that. To me, it was a love letter to his children to keep forever. That yeah. they can look back at that show as a celebration of his life and what you meant to him. Because yeah. uh, uh, one of you in the chat shared a video and you're like, don't watch this if you're emotional. I think it was you, John. I might be wrong. And you're like, and it was a video of him on a, on a WWE documentary, which, again, to their credit, they re-promoted that documentary where he says, oh, I've saved this from when I wrestled Undertaker. I've saved this from when I did this. And I've saved it to give to my children so that they can see what I've done. He's not saved it for himself. And he's just talk he just talks for two minutes about being a dad. And it's just That's all he ever did. Yep. And it's that been butcher, but yeah, yeah, it was Yeah, we we all responded to it in a <laughs> thing. You... Yeah, it might yeah, have been butcher, I put it. We were all it was it was a weird day, but it... well, yeah, we're about that, to go. That... I remember you. I remember you, John. So I, I'd finished a show, and you, John, had said in the chat, "You 
watch the Tendale salute because it was it Ashley was it Ashley's birthday? It was Ashley's birthday on <laughs> New Year's Eve, so I, yeah. I, I got <laughs> delayed watching it. Uh, I remember you I saying I... you, you watched the Tendale salute and then like tagged out. You're like, I can't carry on right. Yeah, now. I, was, uh, <laughs> I just got up and I was like, I'll watch a bit of it before before she gets up and I'll make a breakfast and stuff. And I just got as far as that and I was like, no. No, now is not the time. I can't, I can't deal with this right now. I'll just, um, I'll just go weep for a while, and then I'll make <laughs> bacon. <laughs> bacon sounds all, but I think my my memories of watching it, like there, obviously it was emotional throughout. But the ten bell salute nearly got me. And I kind of kept it together, and then the um, the inner circle. I think that the, the, that that match was a bit of a turning one for me of that emotions because you had the MJF screaming at, yep, minus one. And then the the sheer just just joy of <laughs> minus one hitting him was... with the kendo stick and I seeing how happy he was when he hit him with the kendo stick. Like yeah. how, it got a real a real reaction from me. I'm more for hitting MJF with kendo sticks in general, but particularly that moment. Oh yeah, it was, yeah, it was lovely. But like you could see the time of the life, time of his life that he was having. He the, was, yeah. That you could tell they were looking after him, and I was like, okay, right, got through that bit, and then. And then Rowan came out. And this, yeah. this, oh, I never thought Rowan would would put me on on the verge of tears. Um, Maybe a giant tears. spider put me on. Sad the verge tears, of tears, not giant spider. What are you doing? <laughs> no, I was the but, same. And in that bit, um, isn't Silver basically inconsolable? When yeah, yeah I, I I I was I couldn't deal. Is, is he is he hugging? Is he hugging Adam Page? I think I think Paige is just holding him at the end of that match, but it, yeah. it's it's Rowan there with the sign and just blubbering, and that that was a point when I was like, oh my god, I'm I'm not gonna keep this together, and it also made me, again, it, it's company thing. It, I, I joked in our in our chat about wanting wanting Bray to show up just for one night, just sack off <laughs> contracts, and I joked about it. And, oh, that'd be funny. But then seeing Rowan there, it really did make me want to see Bray there. Yeah. And it also simultaneously made me so sad knowing that he was probably at home watching this thinking, I wish I could be there. Because his tribute the day after, like, his was the first one I read when I, when I started to get upset because Bray's tribute was just basically a ramble. A ramble of incoherent memories and thoughts this of somebody who was broken. It wasn't how it was supposed to end. It should have ended with us doing Wyatt family bits at seventy-year-olds in school gymnasiums. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then, and then he's like, "I won't let your 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 children forget who you are." And, and as yeah, so yeah, that bit got me. But then, <laughs> but we we are we we'd hired a hot tub because it was my son's birthday that week. So no, we had the hot tub ready. Further, Alice, because that sounds yeah. good otherwise. <laughs> we, everyone was basically ready to get in the hot tub. I was like, right, we gotta, we just gotta finish dynamite. And I was like, there's one match left. Okay, this was like mid afternoon in the UK when we were watching it. I was like, there's one match left. And then it had finished. And my wife was like, right, that's done. I was like, well, no, there's still ten minutes of the show left here. I was like, let's, let's just see what's going on. And Theodore was, he spent a lot of the show just cuddled into me and. As soon as Cody came out, I was like, right, this is this is the breaking moment. And he gave his speech and Theodore was holding on to me. And then as soon as minus one came out, and as soon as I saw him holding the boots, I was gone. I, I just I just started sobbing and I remember Bernie looking at me and I think she realized, okay, this is she she realized the the levity of what 
I was feeling and I just I just held Theodore and I understood what Butcher had tweeted out about holding Rowan and for me that that whole the tribute show was beautiful but the tribute show watching it as as a father hit me more than I could ever have imagined and for someone who at times has an all-consuming job and it can make you neglect your family at times it 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 realigned certain things for me that just made me think no my family is my family what what do I want my legacy to be that I was a fantastic person at my job no I want my legacy to be that oh he was a great dad and that that broke me like that absolutely broke me as a father watching that and I said it to because I'm doing a course at the moment at work and it's it's quite consuming and I said to Bernie what had happened and seeing the outpouring of love for John Huber made me go why am I putting myself through stuff at the expense of family when he was running home as soon as he could to get home to his family I know that's deep there but that that is they're the emotions that I felt watching it and I was like what a man he was yeah thanks for listening to us uh, talk about John Huber and we've done this sign off a few times now but we just got emotional with it to be honest so go away uh, talk to people hug the ones that you love and just appreciate what you've got to be honest because it's been a pleasure talking to the two of you I must say um just just reminiscing I mean I know I had my little ramble about what it felt like to be a father and watch that and you had to listen to me ramble on about that but uh, you, oh, that you, you can't appreciate what that what that meant to me just to be able to talk about that um so it's a it's a real shame but you can't be I know he was sad that he couldn't make the new Japan conversation part but I also know he said they couldn't be here for this part of it as well so thank you very much thank you very much for listening and um yeah that's um i'm, I'm not gonna plug anything we don't know what we're doing next week because and see if you can spot joe joe put a little little joe has slowly been layering our, our entrance with things over the last few weeks and he's put a little little tribute in the in the in entrance there to the dark order and john hoover so see if you can spot that so that's uh i'll say good night because it is now nearly midnight here but that's uh bye from me and yeah thanks guys bye see you later